Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Good to see you all. Turn with me to John chapter 3, verse 16. One of the most famous verses in the Bible. Uh, so why don't we read together in one voice? Uh, John 3, 16, and we'll go from there. Together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. What a powerful passage. Praise God. Um, why don't we turn to the person next to you and say, Blessings to you. Great to see you all. And as we know, the Christmas time is near. Um, time flies by fast. And though this Christmas might be a bit interesting, because of COVID situation and all things that we are facing as a nation. But I'm sure uh, we will celebrate our Lord Jesus Christ and His faithfulness and His greatness. But if you look at uh, the Gallup stats, most of the American, 9 out of 10, they are saying they're celebrating Christmas. Um, I think... For those who are religious, uh, about 96% of them, they do faithfully uh, celebrate Christmas as their, their, as their religious activity. And even non-religious people, they do somehow celebrate in their own way uh, with their families. And the stats are for 19, 2019 last year is about 71% of the people, uh, they celebrate uh, the Christmas overall. Even those who are not religious, uh, just like Jim, coming to a church only on Christmas and Easter, somehow people celebrate. And this guy named Jim was leading the church after Christmas service. And when the pastor greeted him and said, Jim, glad to see you, but it's time you join the army of the Lord. We need to see you every Sunday. I am already in the army of the Lord, Pastor, Jim replied. Then why do you only see you on Christmas? Jim looked to the right and to the left and then leaned over to whisper, I'm in the secret service. <laughs> we want to celebrate Christmas as the people of God in a proper way, worshiping the Lord and honoring God. Amen. However, we are living in a time and culture where everything is being redefined. The meaning of Christmas has been constantly ch being challenged to redefine as well. Some circles do not want to even call this season Christmas. Rather, they want to call it holidays. However, even the origin of the holidays are actually holy days about Christmas. So only the true meaning of Christmas has been lost in the center of consumerism as well. That Christmas is all about spending and spending and spending. I think the biggest concern right now about Christmas in this COVID era is not if people can be with their family or not, but if we can safely shop or not. But consider, again, Christmas. 
when Pope Julius I authorized the December 25th to be celebrated as the birthday of Jesus Christ in about 353 A.D., who would ever ever thought that it would be become what is what it is today? Times like this, it is very important for us to understand the meaning of Christmas and celebrate Jesus in this season. Because the Christmas season is really about Jesus. No one else. Nothing else. It's about Jesus. So today, as we look into this Christmas season and the meaning and its purpose, uh, it is my prayer that we will respond um, in this season of Christmas in a proper way, the worship of God. Amen. As Christmas is about Jesus... First, notice that it is the season of peace. If you look at Luke chapter 2, verse 13 through 15, it says, Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace to those, on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. The purpose of Jesus being here on the earth is to bring peace of God upon this earth. Meaning, because of what Christ has done, we can actually experience the true meaning of peace. But when you're talking about peace, peace between what? What kind of peace are we talking about? First, we can experience the peace with God because of Jesus Christ. If you look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 20, it says, Through Him, through Christ, to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood and shed on the cross. What Paul is writing is this. We are no longer under the condemnation of sin. We're no longer under judgment because of our sin. That now we can actually experience the peace with God. That God does not have to punish us anymore if we deal with our sin. And how do we deal with our sin? Re through repentance, depending upon the blood of Jesus Christ. Believing that what Christ has done for us, that He died on the cross and rose again from the dead, that He paid the price of sin by death, and He gave us life, the new life, His life, through His resurrection. And if you believe that, trust Christ, what He has done for us, the Bible says you are forgiven. And as you are being forgiven, now you can actually have peace with God. That we, as we deal with our own sin, God can now deal with us. He can actually now have a relationship with us. So first concept that you have to understand about the peace, especially in this season of Christmas, is that because of Jesus Christ, we have and we can experience the peace with God. And if you look, through, look deeper, the peace with God becomes actually our foundational peace in our lives. Another passage in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, after Paul 
talks about the peace with God through Jesus Christ and His reconciliation, guess what? He says, let the peace of Christ, now you can have peace with, with God through, peace, through, through Christ, this peace of Christ rule in your hearts. As, since as members of one body, you are called to peace and be thankful. And he's saying, the peace that you are experiencing in Christ Jesus, now let it rule over your life. And 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16 says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. Meaning that we have the spirit of peace. We have, because we have this peace that we can experience in Jesus Christ. That no matter what we are going through, we can actually have peace in our hearts for God is with us and He is the source of our peace. If God is with us, then who can be against us? No wonder Jesus said in John chapter 14, 27, He says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, but do not be afraid. This was the word that, that Jesus was giving to His disciples before the crucifixion. What a timely and powerful promise for us to remember as we are facing various crises in our world today. People are still suffering or being affected, I should say, because of the COVID. We have still are dealing with some social issues and instability. I mean, also look into the political realm right now. It's madness. How do we deal with this? And how can we really experience peace in the midst of all kinds of crazy things happening around all of us? Well, remember, the source of our peace is not within us. It's within Christ. Our source of our peace is Christ, what He has given to us. Knowing that He is our Lord and Savior, He is with us how much more that we can overcome fears, worries, and all distractions to experience the true peace that only Jesus can give. And that Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, and I do not give you to you as the world gives. You know what it means? The world will never understand the peace that we are experiencing in Christ Jesus. You know what that means? It means if you do not know Jesus Christ, you will never be able to experience this peace that Jesus can give to you. So when you are probably conversing with some non-Christians, this concept of peace will be a very hard thing to discuss. Because in the mind of people, the peace is the absence of problems. But with the, in the mind of Christ, the people of Christ, like us, what is the definition of peace? Peace is what? Not the absence of problem, but peace is the presence of God Himself with us. Why? The, Jesus Himself is the source of our peace. If Jesus is with us, even though all kinds of crazy things are happening around us, if we have the presence of Jesus, we can experience the peace that Christ can give it to us. No one can understand this unless you believe and trust in Him. It is my prayer 
that you will trust Him and be at peace. See, our life is about experiencing God's peace in all circumstances. Because the source of our peace is not coming from the world, but coming from the promise of the Word of God. That God says, I will give you peace. And I am sure, if you are a true believer of Jesus Christ, you know exactly what I am talking about. And if you do not know what I'm talking about, well, it's time for you to really work on your faith. Examine your faith. The peace of God extends not only upon our lives, but extends in our relationship with others as well. As we understand that God is with us, that the presence of peace is with us because God is the source of our peace, now that peace of Christ can extend in our relationship with other people. No wonder Romans chapter 12, verse 18, Paul says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with other people. Live at peace, live at peace with everyone, even non-Christians, even those who are style, hostile against your faith, if possible. Why? We are people of peace. How do we live in peace with others? Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 says clearly, this is how. For if you forgive others, people, when they, are, they sin against you, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. I'm not going to get into the topic of forgiveness. It's a, it's a very deep topic. But how do we make peace with others? Well, first, the process of forgiveness must be done. And interestingly, the Christmas is about the peace of God through Jesus Christ. Unless we forgive others, we cannot really fully experience the peace of God. That's what Matthew chapter 6, 14 is about. Do you really want to experience this, this peace of Christ, peace with God, as we, are, as we know that we are forgiven? We must, by faith, by faith, not by our own power, but by faith, Forgive, forgive. I'm sure we all have someone to forgive in our lives. But let me expound upon the topic of forgiveness in another time. But the point that I want, want to make here is this. The peace of Christ is extending in and through our relationship as we trust Him and believe Him. And Christmas is a season of peace. Amen. It's time for us to really be a blessing to our family members. Those friends, the people around us. Now, secondly, the Christmas season is a season of salvation. Season of salvation. We must look back to ultimate purpose of Christ coming into the world. What was he here for? Maybe we can talk about that next week as we celebrate the Christmas Sunday. But look at John chapter 3, verse not 16, but 17. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. 
The purpose of Jesus Christ being here on the earth 2,000 years ago is because he wants to save the world. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If the greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was what? Forgiveness. So God sent us a Savior. And that Savior happened to be His own Son, Jesus Christ. Surely, it is about salvation. Why did Jesus come? Why did He become a man? To save the world through his life, through his teaching, through his death, through his resurrection. So that anyone who believes in him, that he is sent one from God to save this world, will be saved. Will be forgiven. Will be with God. Amen. And that is what it is. Thus, it is a season of salvation. As we celebrate Christmas, we really need to go back to this topic of salvation. I don't know about you, but I think as a believer, we need to always, as we celebrate the birth of Christ, celebrate the purpose of birth of Christ. Then how much more we should give thanks to God for what He has done for us. How much more we should be grateful as we understand that we were saved from sin and death. Something to really celebrate. We don't just celebrate family. We don't just celebrate the gifts that we will exchange. We don't just celebrate the family time together. We celebrate Jesus. Not just birth of Jesus per se, but, but think about why birth? Why? Why is it significant to us? Because he came to save the world. Then how much more than we should even celebrate with thanksgiving? with intensity on this Christmas for the salvation that we have. So in a way, the Christmas is about what? Hope of mankind. Celebrating the hope that we have in Christ. Celebrating the salvation for us mankind. That's what Christmas is all about. And how much more than we should celebrate. Amen. And I'm not just talking about our salvation but also, I'm talking about the salvation of others, all people. It is a season for us to bring salvation to other people. Yes, through Jesus, we are saved. We have life. Now, we are to share the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I know because of the COVID situation, you're not recommended to travel much and or to visit some people. But I'm sure you will do. Some people will still gather. And when you do encounter with some people, especially you will encounter non-believers, no, those people who do not know Jesus yet, those who do not celebrate Christmas as the season of salvation. Maybe you will be the messenger. Maybe the God is sending you to them to share the gospel. And what a timely, isn't it? Especially with the COVID frustration because of the COVID and People need the message of hope. People need something more than just government can offer. 
more than the people can offer. We need God, what He can offer. What did He offer? He offered Himself. That's Jesus. And that's the gospel. That's why Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for those who believe. It is a season of salvation for the people, my brothers and sisters. Many people just let the Christmas pass by without understanding the true meaning of Jesus and receiving the gospel. Though it was a big deal if you read Matthew chapter 1 or if you read the gospel, other gospel accounts about the birth of Jesus Christ, what was so significant? Because not just because the baby was born, not just because the, the, the king was born. You know why? Because this king was not just an ordinary king that we can think of. He was a king of the heavenly realm. He was God himself becoming a man. You know why it was also a big deal? Of course, the incarnation in itself is a mystery, the God becoming a man. I'll talk about that later. But you know why also? He was the promised one. That from the very beginning of our time, from the Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned against God, from that point on that he was the promised one to save the whole world from sin. He was the hope, the ultimate hope. He was the ultimate answer. That is why it was so big deal. And that's why if you look at the prophets, even from the Old Testament to now, from the Genesis to the Genesis to, to the Malachi, who's talking about Christ is coming, someone is coming. And you see, you hear the, the voice of Isaiah. You hear the voice of Ezekiel, voice of uh, 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 Jeremiah even. The people are looking, voice of Moses. People are looking forward to this promised one. And that was Jesus. No wonder it was a big deal. He was the promised one to save us from the mess that we are in. Look at us now. Look at the world today. Is it better? Maybe some of the, the standard of life has been lifted up because of the technology compared to the ancient time, of course, and compared to even 50 years ago, even 10 years ago. I mean, the way that we can connect now and communicate now, even we are using this, the technology to, to communicate and even to participate in worship. And it's amazing. But is it better? Not necessarily. The wickedness is increasing. Now, what is considered sin, wrong, is now becoming right. What is considered right now becomes wrong. We're living in that kind of age. We don't even know how to define human being anymore. We don't even know when to define when the life begins. We don't even know who we are. We don't even know. And everything has to be redefined somehow. We are living in an age of chaos. The world is not the better place. Times like this, what do we need? We need Christ. We need salvation, ever more so dire than before. We are to bring the gospel to those who are in need of it. And what an opportunity. 
will be meeting people this Christmas, I'm sure. According to Jude, you know what he said? Snatch them from the fire of judgment. Snatch them. He's talking about the urgency of people must be saved. Maybe you can really pray for someone, especially in this season of salvation, that they will receive Christ, to know Christ, to trust in Him, and to have eternal life. Amen. Christmas not, is not only the season of peace or salvation, it's also the season of giving. Season of giving. We read today in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. The reason for God to giving His Son is what? Love. Love is the starting point of giving. Did you know, my brothers and sisters, if we love, we give. If you love somebody, you want to give them something, good things. Isn't it true? Very natural, isn't it? It's a normal family. The parents, because they love their children, they always want to give. I never understood why my parents growing up always, always asking, what do you need? Did you eat? Did you do this? Did you do that? Do you need this? Do you need that? And keep asking to the point where sometimes it gets what? And you take it, you take them for granted for sometimes, or sometimes you get so I don't know, you just don't like too much attention. So I never understood that. Why my mom always asks me what I need? And why is she so crazy about my needs? Yeah, because I'm our child, but I really didn't know until I had my own children. That's exactly what I'm doing. Constantly. And younger the children are, you will do that even more. Because they're in need of our help and in need of our provision. And because we love them so much that we want to give. Then how much more? If God loves us so much, what does He give it to us? He gives Himself to us. If we love somebody, we want to give them good things. If we don't love, we don't give. That's why I always said this. Be careful, ladies, if you're single. If your man is stingy toward you, you might have to question. You might have to examine. I'm not saying they, their love can be proven by what they give to you, but it tells me a lot about the person if, you, if they're really stingy. And because God loves us so much that He gave His most precious thing, His own Son, to us because He loved us. Long ago, there ruled in the Persia a wise and good king. He loved the people. He wanted to know how they lived. He wanted to know about their hardships. Often he dressed in the clothes of the working man or even a beggar and went to the homes of the poor. No one whom visited thought that he was their king. One time, he visited a very poor man who lived in a cellar. He ate the, the course of food of the poor man he ate. He spoke cheerful and kind words to him. Then he left. Later, he visited the poor man again and disclosed his identity 
by saying, I am actually your king. The king thought the man would surely ask for some gift or favor. That we become friends now. I'm a friend of king. But he didn't. Instead, he said, you left your palace and your glory to visit me in this dark, dreary, dreary place. You ate the coarse food I ate. You brought the gladness to my heart, and to others you've given your riches, rich gift, but to me you have given yourself. What is the greatest prize that we can ever have? King of glory, the Lord Jesus Christ gave himself to you and me. Bible calls him unspeakable, unspeakable gift. The mystery of the humanity of Christ that is that he sunk himself into our flesh, according to Martin Luther, is beyond all human understanding. I like that. He sunk himself into our flesh. That's the mystery of humanity or incarnation of Christ. Beyond all human understanding. He gave his presence. He gave himself to us. So going back, what is the greatest prize for you? Is it your fame on this earth? Is it just wealth, how much money you'll be making in your life? What is the greatest prize in heaven even? That God's going to give us to all the glory and riches of heaven that we cannot even imagine? Is that the greatest prize? If you look at Revelations, at the end, you know what's the greatest prize? Is Christ himself. That we can be with Christ. And he gives himself to us. And he's through himself upon us. That is the greatest prize. Do we really need money? Do we really need the things of this world compared to Christ himself? Even in heaven, when people are being rewarded, by the way, we'll be rewarded by our faith. The crown of glory will be given to you, yes. But the greatest prize is not the crown of glory that God is giving to you. The greatest prize is the Christ himself. Therefore, as we receive the Christ, this is the imagery of the revelation. When you see the, the, the presence of Christ, and you know what you do? You receive the crown of glory because of your faith. And guess what? You lay down all the crown before Christ. What we are saying is we don't need, we give all the glory to you. You are the greatest prize. We want you. We lay down everything to worship you without any hindrance. I don't know about that, my brothers and sisters. I don't know about you, but I really want that moment. Having Christ fully without any hindrance. Worshiping him. He's the greatest prize. Amen. And as we have him, we are to love. If you love, you are generous to give. As we love Christ, we give ourselves to Christ. And Jesus said, if you love me, love one another. If you love me, love your neighbor as yourself. 
If you love me, take care of your families. Take care of your church families. Take care of those who are in need. That's what they're saying. If you love me as I have loved you. Do you love your family? Do you love your church? Do you love people? Now the question is, do we give our time, our wealth, our talents, our treasure to those whom we love? Think about that. We give because we love. We give our hearts, time, dreams, career, love, whatever, if we love somebody or something. Let's really think about direction of our love in this Christmas. What do we really love? Some people spend so much time on watching or doing social medias more than taking care of their families. I guess you love yourself or you love those, doing those things more than spending some time with your children, spending some time with your family members. It tells a lot of us, what do you give the most? People spend so much time on something that will be a good measurement for us to know what they love. Do we? Give our hearts. Why do we offer? We present offering in the worship so that the church can function. Yeah, that's probably secondary, but what's the primary? Because we love God. We tithe. We 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 offer. Why? Because we love Him. Not just because you want to support the church. Don't do it. God can support our church. Do it because you love Him. That's the first thing. Why? Because God says, if you love, love one another. Love the church. Support the church because you, you love me. Again, we do all things. Our motivation of all the things that we do should be loving God and worshiping Him. Amen. Very important. The Christmas is a season of giving, my brothers and sisters. Let us think about what are we going to give and to whom are we going to give. But at first, utmost, we give to the Lord our time, our talents, and our treasure. Amen. That's how we celebrate this Christmas. Not about getting such being saturated in the consumerism. That oh, what are we going to get? Just like how the world turned the Thanksgiving into. Consumerism. The Black Friday is more bigger than the Thanksgiving in itself. Don't think get me wrong. I we take we should, you know, we can get things cheap. That's very good, but that's not the point. And how the Christmas it becomes something else. Ah, interesting. But let us re-examine that. The Christmas is the season of peace. Season of salvation.
and season of giving. Let us celebrate this Christmas season as people of God with the proper worship to our God as you give ourselves to Him. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you.